Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, welcome back to Bundesliga for Beginners. You know the drill by now. I'm Jamie Smith and joining me as usual are Kev. John and Jim almost forgot their names now, even though they've basically been on the same show all along. Um, we're rushing out a midweek special because if you've been paying attention to the football tonight, something momentous happened. Paderborn were relegated from the Bundesliga, so we're going to do a show all about Paderborn. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> None of us know anything about Paderborn, and now we don't have to because they've been relegated. So that's that one done. I'll buy Munich champions again after a 1 0 win at Werder Bremen, who needed the points themselves for their fight against relegation, but didn't manage to get it, even though it was a really close game. Just 1-0 buying one. Eight successive Bundesliga titles now. Um, Kev, we'll start with you. I suppose when we started the podcast, we sort of guessed that Bayern were going to win the title, but maybe didn't assume that it was going to look this easy. They haven't dropped a point since the restart. Yeah, I think I saw that they're on their longest winning streak since 2017, which I guess wasn't eons ago, but still pretty impressive, especially considering they, they did it all under Flick, who is... We all know did not start the season as their manager. Uh, but yeah, we always kind of assumed that they would win it. I think that's why we were so looking forward to that that Dortmund match was the chance for that table to flip. And then obviously it didn't. And then Bayern just went on an imperious march through the end of the season. Uh, we've already talked about a lot of their great players, and I'm sure we will later. But just Lewandowski has that kind of inevitable feeling whenever he's on the pitch, uh, kind of mimicking the clubs on the whole just... When he's on, he's probably going to score. And then obviously he did again today to seal it. Um, you did mention Wolfsburg there, though. I, I thought it was actually... Wait, did I get it wrong again? Sure did. Werder Bremen. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, th- I thought they played really well. Um, and then at the last second, they had a chance that, that Neuer parried away uh, that easily could have been the equalizer and it could have fallen to Pizarro even if um, he hadn't gotten there in time or, or if it wouldn't have gone in naturally. So... It got close to the end, and then, JB, I saw you tweet that it was a little funny that they were uh, defending their eighth consecutive title by playing keep away <laughs> at the corner uh, against the team that are in the relegation battle. It is a little silly to see that, but obviously uh, all credit to them. Although the the celebrations were weird, uh, with people not hugging, just basically Mueller losing his whole mind and everybody else just kind of smiling and clapping. I'm glad you mentioned that chance at the end. What a story it would have been if Pizarro had scored right at the end. 57-year-old Claudio Pizarro, buying legend from <laughs> the past, denying them the title, even though they presumably have gone on to win it. Um, I think there were some handshakes and hugs. I was very uncomfortable watching that. Like, you've won the league, but let's not get carried away. Right? <laughs> Still a pandemic going on. Um, Jim, not really a classic way to to round out the season, just the one no win, but quite a by any way to do it as well as just doing enough to get the point that they needed the points that they needed yeah there have been a couple of occasions i think notably the first game back after the um coronavirus suspension where we thought Bayern had been a little bit more workmanlike perhaps than we might have expected given the golfing quality between them and the opposition um to be honest 
Werder looked like they would have taken a 1-0 defeat for the vast majority of this game. Like They were 1-0 down um, going into the second half and it was still very much 10 or 11 men behind the ball. I think obviously they had one eye on the goal difference um, in terms of their yeah. fight to, to stay in the league. So I think they were thinking, well, as long as we don't get absolutely hammered here, they're then only one goal behind Fortuna Dusseldorf, um, albeit on, on they'll have played another game. But obviously they expect Fortuna to um, probably lose as well midweek. So, yeah, I think that it was just preservation for them and just avoiding um, kind of avoiding a hammering, a bit damage limitation. Um, it was interesting how they finally started to attack, um, albeit once Bayern and New had 10 men on the pitch because Alfonso Davis got sent off for two bookings, which I guess kind of sours his evening, even though they've, they've won the title. But um, yeah, it, it, I suppose it would have been, it would have been funny if, if they'd have snatched a, a goal at the end and kind of kept the, in theory, title race in inverted commas going for, for another week. But I think it's, it was just a very workmanlike performance for Bayern, but you can't really, you can't really, um, can't really knock them given how impressive they've been. Um, since the resumption, it kind of hasn't even altered their stride. And like Kev said, they've been on a winning run for such a long time that, you know, it, it's definitely, it's, uh, yeah, it's just winnings in their blood, isn't it? And that's what they did tonight and just did quite enough to um, to see it over the line. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a very tight game, really, considering the golfing class. I mean, even the goal, which Lewandowski finished really well and Borte made really well, it was so close to being offside, like really, yeah. really marginal. Um John, I think we saw this a bit on the last show, but it's important to remember where Bayern have come from this season. They started under Niko Kovac, wasn't working. They were out of the top three for quite a while. Leipzig were leading the way for a long time. Dortmund looked really impressive. And at the end of the season, Bayern looked like they're going to win it by a few points. It's been a remarkable comeback under Hansi Flick. Yeah, it's really impressive what, what Hansi Flick has managed to do. Um, and a lot of that, I think, is just going back to basics. And I think a lot of people in, in German football punditry would will call it, you know, the Bayern way, Mia San Mia. Um, we are who we are. <clears throat> but a, a lot of it just comes down to the fact that the way that Kovac was playing with them just wasn't getting the best out of the players that he had. And you bring in Hansi Flick, you introduce um, a little bit more intense pressing, you build a bit more of a possession-based game, and suddenly uh, Bayern look like the best team in the league again, and that's because they are, um, because they've got the players who can who can do that and, and can play the kind of football that, that really can crush this league, which is what they've done um, ever since Hansi Flick's come in. They've They've... they've taken everyone and left everyone in their wake and they've they they will win by a comfortable points margin but this is this is what happens this is who buy an art they um uh, they do have a huge financial advantage really um they have the ability to buy some of the better players in the league from time to time and um you know the the buying show rolls on yeah it was interesting that they, they relied more heavily on some of the old guard i think under flick thomas moore seems to have come to the fore again we talk about him a lot Jerome Boateng came back in at the back as well. So it's been a bit of a back-to-basics approach, I suppose, but it seems to have worked um, really well. Ten points clear now. Obviously, Dortmund play Wednesday when some of you might have... Dortmund might play before some of you listen to the show. Ten points after the games on Tuesday. Um, really just remarkable the way Bayern have gone on. Hansi Flick has taken more points from his first 27 games or whatever it is than Pep Guardiola did at Bayern. And people talked about Guardiola at Bayern as if he was reinventing the wheel. And Flick's done a better job on paper and on maths than, than Guardiola so far. So really interesting to see what they do next. Um, 
Kev, you look at it the other way, though. Eight years in a row, Bayern have won the league now. It must be exhausting for fans of the other clubs that expect to be challenging. How do you compete with a, a machine, a juggernaut like this? It, is it bad for the league that Bayern are so dominant? Well, I think it's definitely bad for the league in terms of viewership. I think I talked in our very first ever episode that one of the things that kind of prevented me from ever meaningfully getting into the Bundesliga was basically, you know, the end from the beginning, uh, which is Bayern lifting the title. So I think it's damaging in that way. Um, I know uh, we've talked about in the chat. I don't know how much we've talked about it actually on air about um, the rules in Germany financially kind of allowing everything to settle right as they were on top and isn't going to really allow other clubs to, to get up to them because you can't just have a huge buyout and then somebody spend all the money to catch up to them. Although Leipzig tried, I suppose, but they still tended to buy younger players rather than established stars. Um, so yeah, I, I do not think it is good for the league. Hot take, though that may be. Um, I think certainly having watched through this uh, weird shortened end of the season, um, I've definitely gained a new level of appreciation for the Bundesliga. Obviously, there's great football, interesting characters. Uh, and I, I really am interested in the tactical side of it, which seems to be a lot more fluid and adaptable than in England, where managers tend to have like their style or, or even maybe the club above the manager has a style that incoming managers have to match. Um, so, yeah, I, I like all of those aspects of it. Really good matches, uh, mostly, unless Jamie's watching. <laughs> but... Yeah, I, I think it's really disappointing <laughs> as a as a viewer that was previous external and, and now even internal, just knowing that Bayern are going to win it basically regardless of what happens. I think you mentioned in the last show that Bayern lost four matches this year, which is you know more of a leg up for other clubs than they'll usually offer and still manage to win it all. So th this is all how frustrated I am externally. And then having watched this league for, what, a month and a half, two months, I, I can only imagine how frustrating it is for lifelong Bundesliga fans. I suppose they're just used to it because it seems to happen all the time. I was trying when I said I was going to ask this question on the show. I was trying to think of like repos, and all I come up with, Jim, is that maybe Bayern being so strong attracts a better quality of player to Bayern, but that doesn't necessarily help anyone else. But maybe it tries to bring Dortmund and Leipzig and anyone else he's chasing. Maybe it forces them to raise their game as well, knowing that Bayern are so strong. Yeah, it probably forces them to raise it for a season or two, and then the players that are part of that raising get brought by Bayern, um, normally, particularly in Dortmund's case, um, in the past. So, yeah, I, I, it's difficult to make a case for it being good for the league, um, I think, because I, I don't believe it's good that any domestic division has such a, a kind of lopsided um, champion in terms of their longevity. But then, I mean... How how do you change it? Like John says, Bayern have got such a financial advantage that unless the fundamentals change in the way that their revenue is generated and their ability to buy up the best talent either from Germany or bring in players like Leroy Sane that we've talked about in the last couple of shows from Manchester City who they're rumoured to be heavily interested in, they're going to keep getting better in theory while everyone else is kind of either staying static or not making an impression on that gap between them. Um, I think, you know, it, it was close at times this season, but that how much of that was down to the fact that they made a slow start under Kovac and changed manager and stuff like how much would they win it by if they had a full season under Hansi Flick and everybody else kind of stayed the same in terms of ability level. Um, so, you know, it's not PSG in France level where they could basically win it 
putting out a reserve team most of the time. But at the same time, yeah, I can't imagine it makes for a very watchable product in the sense that attracting neutrals and Kev's Kev's point's a good one. Like if you don't if you don't foresee there being a genuine element of competition, how difficult is it to sell that league abroad? Now we've started watching the Bundesliga for the most part because of the lack of other football on. It would be interesting to see how those attitudes kind of not in this immediate group. Obviously, we've got a podcast about the Bundesliga, so I would imagine we'll carry on watching it. But kind of the the more kind of a uh, casual fan that probably interested in, in Premier League football or follows the team in the Football League, you know, they just drop off their radar now, you know, whereas if there'd been a close title race, which they've been able to watch um, every kickoff in the last few weeks, they they might have stuck with it, um, even if the end result had been the same. Yeah, it's, it's, it will be interesting to see if, like, the casual Bundesliga fans um, stick with the league. Like you say, Jim, I think we'll talk about it on a future show now that the Premier League's coming back, La Liga's back, there's much more competition, balls, all these games are going to be on at the same time. Um, I think the flip side is, though, I have really enjoyed watching Bayern this season. They do seem more fun to watch than Bayern teams of the last couple of seasons, but yeah, it must be tough if you're, say, a Dortmund fan, just knowing that you're probably playing for second place. Um, What's the feeling like around the league? Is there a bit of just people just tired of buying winning it all the time is it accepted that this is how it's going to be i mean jim mentioned psg and everyone talks about like league earn being farmers league because psg is so far clear but someone stopped psg winning the league much more recently than it's happened in the Bundesliga when monaco won it yeah i've mentioned this before actually that there's a curious sort of pride in buying uh, amongst the german fans i think because they consider themselves well represented in europe by Bayern, and so you get this sort of weird uh, um, I, I don't know contradiction where you'll you'll see a lot of the a lot of the fans obviously hate the Bayern win all the time but at the same time they will defend Bayern to the hilt when it comes to to the european stage and there's also this sort of curious um uh, sense in which I think a lot of the the German pundits, maybe maybe not all of them, but a lot of them do sort of blame the other clubs on on not being up to Bayern's standards, and and they'll say, well, you know, yeah, Bayern have an advantage, but you know they earned that advantage. They were savvy in in the um, in the markets, uh, particularly under Uli Hernes for for years and years and years. Um, and then you'll get this other weird side, which is the um, oh well, you know, Dortmund. Dortmund have been held back by the fact that they have this nostalgia for Klopp, and they'll never, they'll never get back to Bayern's levels while they're always looking back to the past. But the the fact of the matter is that that they that the, in many respects, you know, Dortmund do overperform with respect to to the financial um, backing that they have compared to Bayern. And uh, I I did some research this this weekend just looking at the uh, the amount of money that 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 you have to pay per point per player essentially for um in the Bundesliga to win it and Bayern Bayern are spending a lot more money than anyone else in the wage bill uh, in order to to get the wins that, that they get and the, to finish the, the the league in such an impressive form like they have so it's it's one of those things where I think it's easy to just be like oh you know Bayern are always going to win um but it's it's also easy in Germany, I think, to have the opposite attitude, which is, oh, why don't the other teams do more to try and catch them up? And I just don't think that it's it's as easy as that. You, I think many Germans just look at the league and they consider it, well, Bayern's going to win, so I wonder who's going to come second. And the the European places become a lot more interesting because there is, I think, a lot more competitiveness for for those places. And we've been following just for the last 
few games and we've seen the the top the top four apart from Bayern switch over a huge amount uh, and then we've had this situation tonight as well where you've got teams like Freiburg still in with a chance of of getting Europa League so uh, I think it's just it's been so long now that, that Germany's just sort of accepted it there's nothing that it can do you sort of have to find your entertainment elsewhere and you can't find it from just expecting to to have a title challenge I suppose it could probably be argued that a strong Bayern is good for the Germany national team as well I mean most of their team is German. So if they're all playing together at club level, is it good for the national team as well? Does that factor into anyone's thinking? Or is there a bit of a disconnect between club and national level over there? Yeah, no, I think that's that's certainly true. And, you know, in the last few decades, I think you see the team that wins usually in the World Cup is is a team that is full of players from a dominant team in the in that country's league. Um, and again, I think that sort of I think that sort of ties into what we we're saying before about how a lot of Germans are very proud of Bayern on the European level. Um, they like to know that they're that they're being uh, kept up with. But yeah, there really there really is. I mean, I was just looking through. This is this is maybe a little bit of a tangent, but I was looking through before the the arrivals at Bayern in the last few seasons. In every season. Um, they've brought in one of the strong players from another club in the league, and it just happens every. They don't they don't necessarily yeah. plunder the league, but they are bringing in players every time. So this season, they're, well, next season they're going to bring in Alexander Nubel, the goalkeeper from Schalke that we've talked about. They brought in Benjamin Pavar from Stuttgart last season. Um, we've got Leon Goretzka from Schalke the season before that, um, and then you've got Niklas Sula and Sebastian Rudi from from Hoffenheim the season before that, and Serge Gnabry from Bremen. And you just go through every season. It's they're buying strong, strong players. So they're weakening their opponents and they're strengthening their own team. And I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that you can't really stop them from doing that because because they are so dominant. It just sort of snowballs from there. Players presumably want to play for Bayern because they're going to win goals and get paid more and everything that comes along with mm. that. I suppose the, the concerning thing for me as someone who wants to get into the Bundesliga and watch it again next season and the season after is that Bayern seems to be building a team for the future as well. I mean, you can look at the front two and Muller and Lewandowski are both coming towards the end of their careers, although I'm sure they've both got a few seasons left in them. But they're bringing players like Pavard to the club. They've got players like Joshua Kimmich in, in midfield. Alfonso Davies is just a kid, really. So that they're building a quite a youthful team as well. Um, talking about interviews, the next part of the show, talking about Bayern on this uh, Bayern title-winning special. Kev, which player since of the league since we started watching the league which of the buying players have really stood out for you yeah we we had a mild debate about this before hitting record because i feel like it's kind of hot takey but he is just very good uh but i'm, I'm just gonna go with manuel neuer it doesn't fit your young category per se um but i've just been really impressed because there's kind of been this narrative from the outside that Neuer had kind of lost it, that Ter Stegen was going to come in and take his Germany spot, that, you know, with them signing uh, Nubel, who obviously isn't there yet, you know, they know it's time to move on. There was even talk that they wouldn't re-sign him. Then they obviously do for mega money, and then they come back. I think they kept four clean sheets in six matches since the restart. Uh, hard to do much better than that. So, uh, yeah, just been really, really impressed uh, especially considering I had heard that he wasn't really up to it. Obviously, has the huge save that we've already mentioned a couple times today to seal the title, which, you know, if there were fans in the stand, may have been a way more impactful moment. Um, although he did get a huge chest bump. So, you know, I suppose that, that makes up for it. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I just considering what the perception was externally to seeing what I've seen since coming back, I've just been really, really impressed by, by Manuel Neuer and what he's been able to do. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. ...to do in terms of just shutting down all challengers from all sides for both club and country. Yeah, I think that, that save you made at the end of the game on Tuesday was a real demonstration of what you need to be as like a buying goalkeeper. He's had so little to do throughout the game but to be concentrated and focused so that when that moment comes, you're there ready to make the difference. Similar to someone like to Stegen at Barcelona, who might not really mean be involved for most of the game, but has to be ready when that moment comes. Um, Jim, who, who have you picked out for us? So I was going to go for Thomas Muller. Um, again, not part of the youthful part of the Bayern team. Um, he's still only 30, though, which I, I found amazing because he, he's been around for so no, long. I, I think you like assume he he's like, older than that. Yeah, it feels like he should be retiring soon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he, he's been in the Bayern te- the first team since 2008. So I think that's kind of why those of us who've followed football, you know, either professionally or personally for, for a long time, you feel like he's just been around that the the Bayern team for so long that he must be well into his 30s now and he's still he's not even 31 until late on this year in September so you know he he seems to kind of have had this resurgence this year and resurgence in kind of reinventing himself almost he's never been the most prolific goal scorer in the world although he's been very very reliable for for Germany especially in that kind of period where they were winning World Cups recently, kind of 2010, 2014, he was very, very good. Um, I think he won a couple of, uh, at least one golden boot and a silver boot maybe in 2014 for his his goal-scoring exploits for the team. So he's always been very reliable there. Um, but for Bayern, you know, he's never been the most prolific forward, but they've never needed him to be. And he's kind of applied a different kind of type of play to his game from what John's told us and what we've seen, you know, this season, he's become this assist machine. He's, he's hit 20 um, assists in a, a league season, which is, is crazy really when you think about how few players can actually do that, as we've said, especially in a shortened season compared to like the Premier League, for example, um, where he aims to work with. So I've been really, really impressed by him. And I guess it just shows that as time goes on players don't always have to be that stereotypical square peg for a square hole that you know he he has very much reinvented himself in the same way as as certain players like I I hasten to compare him to Wayne Rooney but the way Rooney dropped deeper into his career um, and kind of became a midfielder towards the end of his time in England you know that that kind of transition to where your skill set is the most utilized by your team um, especially when you've got someone like Lewandowski leading the line, you know, all he needs is service and Muller's provided an, an incredible amount of service to him this year. And I think it's no wonder that Lewandowski was 
being town potentially, you know, a contender to break that goal scoring record that Gerd Muller has held for so long in, in terms of a Bundesliga season, given that Muller has been supplying the ammunition. Yeah, I find it really interesting that he's playing in this central role now because John's talked on the show before about how he's had to play different roles. He's quite often been shunted out wide, but Hansi Flick seems to have made him like the, the cornerstone of that attack. Everything seems to move around Muller, playing really close to Lewandowski as well, so almost a front two at times. And he's taken on this creative burden. When they sign someone like Philippe Coutinho, who we've not mentioned on the show because he's just not relevant anymore, you would assume that Coutinho would be the number 10 for Bayern. It's just not happened. It's, it's Thomas Muller. Um, I wonder as well, Jim, if he's personally motivated by the fact that he's been discarded so ruthlessly by Germany, um, dropped him and a couple of the other lads. And we were saying before the show, if the Euros were happening this year, Muller would have to be back. Wacky Love would maybe look a little bit silly. Yeah, um, I know that past past achievements don't guarantee future appearances um, in, in the national stage, but it certainly seems like he was one of those that paid the price um, for, for Germany's poor showing at the last tournament. And there's no way that you could leave out a player that was so influential on on Bayern's title winning season this year um purely because he'd been you know he'd been left out and kind of and I think he said at the time I remember like a few pieces about it you know he was pretty upset about the fact that he was dropped um I think he felt kind of victimized in a way that just just because he he okay he probably didn't have the best tournament but the whole team didn't play particularly well that's the reason they went out when they did um so to kind of discard him Yogi Love's probably got off kind of easy, really, because he's not had to then crawl back and say, will you come and play for the German team again? You know, you've had such a good season. But then again, with Muller still only being 30, as we've said, even if the Euros is next summer, as we talk now, you know, 2021, who's to say that he couldn't go into that tournament off a bucket load of assists as well? Because Bayern aren't going to get any weaker as a team. Yeah. If they do add, you know, some players in the summer, there's every chance that he could be knocking on the door of 20 assists again and then we'll be in this situation once more. Yeah, and you'd think the experience of more, like you say, major tournaments, he's been there, done it, won it, bought the T-shirt, won the golden boot. You'd think that'd be something Germany could need. It seemed a bit strange for me at the time. Moore wouldn't have been one of the guys that I'd have dropped, but I haven't won any World Cups as a manager yet. So <laughs> maybe Yogi will have done a bit better than me. Um, John, who's your guy? I actually wanted to mention someone that we've not really talked about because he's not featured a huge amount since the restart, but Thiago Alcantara, um, who is just the beating heart of, of Bayern. Um, I've just been looking through his stats and it's just incredible what the guy does. He's just, every part of his game is impressive. He's in the last few seasons, he's been, he's been getting, well, yeah, in the last three seasons, he's been putting in a pass completion rate around 90% of the time. He's, um, his tackling is impressive. He's, I think in the, he's the third highest um, passer into the, into the final third um, in the Bundesliga this season. Uh, his dribble percentages are, are around 85% every season for Bayern. He's just an incredible player. And um, 
I think with obviously this, especially this season when when there's been obviously more sexier players, players pulling out huge amounts of assists, huge amounts of goals. Uh, he's he's I wouldn't say gone under the radar, but he's certainly one that you can forget just how good they are, um, simply because he just does all the little things well every time, uh, and that's so important to a team like Bayern, as we've talked about, who who are a heavy possession team, who who are also um, very keen at, at having an aggressive press in forward areas as well. So yeah, I would say Thiago for my player. Yeah, he's been one of their better value signings in this last few years, I suppose, hasn't he? I mean. It's crazy when you think about the the problems that Barcelona have had in midfield, replacing Xavi and Iniesta, and they had Thiago and let him go so cheaply. They probably loved having him back. It's interesting that it was Pep Guardiola who took him to Bayern. He obviously spotted someone that he could that could build a team around, and that's exactly what happened. I think you're exactly right. That he's unsure, and if people were talking about Bayern stars, Thiago probably wouldn't even be in the top five. But yeah, certainly proving himself and makes that team work. Um, and the guy I wanted to talk about, and I'm sure there's absolutely no surprise to anyone who's listened to the podcast before, is Kimmich. Um, I think it's just absolutely brilliant to be so versatile um, and good in different positions at that age. I think it's just fa- fantastic. He's moved inside from, from right back this season, last season, been used in central midfield more than probably ever before. I think he prefers playing central midfield. And his influence just can't be understated. You look back at the the classicer against Dortmund, such a close game. Kimmich won the game effectively with that chip that maybe Roman Berkey should have saved, but it was a very good goal regardless. And again, like Thiago, he just seems to keep this team ticking over. It's probably a bit basic to compare him to a Philip Lahm, who also started right back then, ended up being a heartbeat of the team in central midfield. But that sort of player, and they seem to have this sort of tactical intelligence, positional ability, in Germany, where players like Moore are comfortable playing anywhere behind the striker or as a striker, Kimmich's the same. You can imagine Kimmich playing pretty much anywhere in the team and being effective. And, yeah, it's a bit frightening to think how good Kimmich could be in the future because he's still quite a young player. It also makes me think, without wanting to drag the Premier League back into it again, but it makes me wonder if Liverpool might look at Trent Alexander-Arnold, maybe not now, but in a couple of years, and look at him and go, is this guy... Not too good to be playing right back, but could he be even more influential if you played in the middle of the park, like a Lom, mm. like a Kimmich? It's going to be interesting to keep an eye on that because, yeah, Alexander Arnold, I think, like Kimmich, is the sort of player who can go on and do basically anything in his career. Um, I actually wanted to, to follow up on that just because I was curious because obviously Oliver has played some central midfield in his career. You already mentioned Lom and Kimmich. Is is this something surrounding Bayern where? they like for players to have that versatility or is it just how good those three players are that they've been able to kind of flow seamlessly throughout where they are in the team? It's probably one for John, isn't it? But there's plenty of others like Javi Martinez signed as a defensive midfielder, wasn't he? And he's mainly played centre-back for Bayern. Mm. Yeah, that's that's true. I think it's the, it's the Marcelo Bielsa effect, right? Um, the the that whole blueprint of how you play this way is 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 having good ball players in deep uh, positions. Um, and I think the 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 sort of corollary of that is that you end up 
um, with good ball players in deep positions, you can then push them forward into midfield when you want. I think uh, the shout for Alexander Arnold to maybe play in a more advanced position is a good one. I think it probably will happen. Um, I'd be interested to see whether or not it maybe even happens for England uh, internationally in the near future as well. But I think it comes down to that heavy possession-based football. But football possession-based football when um, you know positional play is is important, where it's about trying to create overloads against um, against oppositions and move the ball around well. Um, and that's worked really well for Joshua Kimmich, and I can imagine it will work well for Trent Alexander-Arnold as well. Yeah, certainly something to, to look out for in the coming years. Maybe teams will start to be inspired by Bayern in a way that they seem to make these players who are so positionally intelligent and can play various different roles in the team and move around during games and seemingly not have any negative impact on them. Um, I think we've probably come to the conclusion of the last half an hour that Bayern are good at football, right? Yeah, they're right. Talk about something else for the last few minutes of the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, among the other games on Tuesday, Jim, your Gladback boys back in action and comfortable winners in this one, despite being without the, the front two or without the weekend and really seem to miss. Yeah, I was a little bit concerned when I saw the team sheet, um, given that we'd spoken on the last show about how dangerous Wolfsburg were as an opponent, especially away from home. Um, so, without player and without um, to Ram, it, it didn't shape up to be a particularly enjoyable evening. But yeah, it was just one of those games where everything seemed to go Gladbach's way. They they went ahead early. Hoffman got a, a quick fire double in the first half. Um, one of them with a lovely defence splitting pass from Mbolo, who had I had lamented um, on the last show for a few um, missed chances. So he turned provider and was generally quite a, a big influence on the game. Um, even though he didn't get on the score sheet himself. And yeah, Wolfsburg just didn't seem to be at the races. I'm not sure, you know, I haven't seen enough of them to know if that's a, a regular thing. But given that they've won, they had won three out of three uh, in terms of away games after the um, the coronavirus resumption, um, it, it was quite a surprise to see them not put up a, a slightly better fight, I guess. They, they, they did create some chances themselves, but... Yeah, in terms of Gladbach, they were just very incisive and, and worked their, their way into good positions and, yeah, ended up ended up running out 3-0 winners. And it was, it was quite comfortable, really. There was never really a time where you worried about Wolfsburg mounting a comeback, which is, is quite something. And a clean sheet as well, Jim. We've talked before about how Gladbach seems to always give away chances to the opposition, but something to really build on for the last two games of the season where, given that Leverkusen are right on their shoulder as well, can't really afford to be dropping points. No, and the next couple of games are Paderborn and then Hertha as well, who we've spoken about being kind of mid-table fodder, I guess, at this point. Certainly going to the last game of the season, they're not going to have anything to play for. Um, and then coming up against already relegated Paderborn um, in, in the next game. It, they, it looks like a relatively kind end to the fixture list for a team that are chasing a European spot. Um, or, or a Champions League spot, to be more specific. But yeah, it, it still relies on uh, Bayer Leverkusen dropping some points because um, if they win out, they they will finish in fourth. So it's um, it's still in the balance, but it, I'm a lot more hopeful now than I was before this game because I, I thought that it wouldn't be as straightforward as it turned out to be. So it was a pleasant surprise. But again, just kind of the yo-yo nature of following much in Gladbach as I have for the last four or five weeks, I guess. Like, <laughs> seen, fan, yeah. Yeah, just jerks <laughs> from impressive wins to galling losses and everything in between. 
you know, they'll probably drop points against Paderborn and that'll be... Yeah, almost certainly now I've said that it's a kind of the fixture list. There's some points getting dropped somewhere. That'll be yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, we can't talk too much about Leverkusen just because people might be listening after that game's happened, but <laughs> it certainly looks like that race is is going to be alive. I'll um, predict it, 3-1. Well, there we go. It might turn out to be very, very prescient. <laughs> or um, incredibly wrong. It's really bad. Really I also like the fact that Kev didn't specify which team were going to win 3-1. <laughs> sure so he's didn't. Kind of hedging his bets there. <laughs> God, Jim, um, you're not supposed to reveal the trick, man. <laughs> and, um, as, as I mentioned at the start of the show, Paderborn finally put out of their misery. Um, they needed a miracle basically when the the season restarted and it's not really looked on the cards i picked up a few points but defeat against union berlin tonight consigned them to relegation so they're going back to the second tier um and one of the other games tonight john was your freiburg lads who pulled off another good win to put themselves right in that hunt for sixth seventh wherever the europa league place is going to slot in yeah, the Fry Boys were good again tonight. Um, again, lucky. It was a really, really entertaining game. I shared a video. Do you ever with win you games when they're not lucky? <laughs> no, seldom, seldom. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, the games where they play against teams where they should win, and the games that they lose. So I've, I mentioned already that they've lost to the the bottom three already this season. So, but it, it was um, yeah, it was. I showed you guys the video before we came on of the the Hertha Berlin goal um, that was scored by, scored by Luca Bacchio that was was pulled back for a foul earlier in the build-up. Uh, probably one of the best goals to be disallowed for nothing to do with the, the, the scorer. Um, and yeah, it was a real shame that that one got pulled off. But then later later on down the field, um, Vincenzo Grifo scored a free kick, which the goalkeeper really had no right in letting in. Uh, and then the same goalkeeper, Rooney Arstein, um, he he played the ball into Derrida uh, in in the midfield area from a from a goal kick. Well, I don't know if it was a goal kick actually, but he had the ball back and and uh, you know they had their player they had the defenders back looking to play it out of defence. Plays it to the central midfielder who gets closed down, uh, loses the ball immediately and then and just slots the ball away. So again, both goals really down to down to the keeper. There was a penalty at the other end uh, as well, but um, yeah, it's uh, incredible that that um, Freiburg keep on pulling off these wins. I said I think after the um, the the Werder Bremen game that that um, Freiburg lost. Uh, I said I can't see them picking up many points um, after this um, after this point in the in the schedule, and they've really p- pulled off quite a few points. Um, it's been quite impressive. So, yeah, still in with the shout of Europe, and um, I, I, I I'm not sure how many more points they'll get. They've got Bayern uh, next, I think. So um, maybe hope for for Bayern being on the back foot, given that they've um, can confirm their win. But I, I can't remember who they've got in there. I think it might be Köln in the final match of the season. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, uh, just touching on that Bayern game, it's obviously the toughest game normally, Bayern away, but maybe the ideal time. Presumably they'll be celebrating the, the title win. They don't have to worry about the cup final for a few weeks. It might turn out to be in, in Freiburg's favour. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to take more than their usual luck to get past Bayern. Um, but yeah, maybe if they're a little bit hungover, who knows what could happen. <laughs> well, let's hope they're very hungover. <laughs> um, I think that's, that, yeah, well, let's leave it there for this show. We'll have another one after the weekend. Um, Kev, tell everyone, I'm sure they already subscribe, etc. But give them your usual reminder, if you would, please. Yeah, I'm sure everybody that listens to us has youtube and is tired of people telling them to subscribe to their stuff but 
Seriously, subscribe to our stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you can do, do it. So on Spotify <laughs> Why haven't you or done iTunes. it yet? That's a really good point. Did you know that blank percent of listeners aren't actually subscribed? Yeah, you guys have heard it all before. But seriously, do it, you jerks. Um, that's probably a pretty bad strategy to call you all jerks. You're great people, and I love each and every one of you that have subscribed and the rest of you. I'm not that fond of yet, but you can change that by subscribing on Spotify, iTunes, or Acast. And uh, tweet us back and let us know if you think we're doing a, a great job or if we're doing a terrible job. In the middle doesn't really help that much, so give us as, as much polarizing <laughs> responses as possible. Kindly, thank you. Yeah, Just exactly. tweet Kevin, tell him he's a jerk. <laughs> yeah, please do that. Um, so Kev obviously just told you to tweet us. It'd help if we gave you the account name. That'll sure would probably be a good thing. <laughs> so you can tweet us at Bundesliga Pod. Send all the abuse you want to Kev at Kevrov or me at Jamie's for Sport. Jamie's Gym Night tweets. John is John underscore Mackenzie Laxer will be back after the weekend's fixtures. Had to fill this one in midweek for the Paderborn relegation special, but back as normal Sunday evening, probably. Um, but that's it for now. I've been Jamie Smith. This has been Bundesliga for Beginners. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you again soon. Goodbye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.